Annie, bonjour, bonjour, and hi everyone. Welcome to Hyphenated, the Mixed Mama Life podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and I'll be giving you regular doses of life as a mixed race mama. Reminder that you can follow me on Instagram at the Mixed Mama Life, and make sure you follow on Apple Podcast as they now have a paid subscription, but this one is free. So you can follow on Apple and subscribe anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. I'm releasing new ones every Friday morning. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. So season two, uh, this for today's episode, we have Riz- Riza Kassam. Am I saying that right? No, it's Razia. Oh, or Razia. Ryan. Oh, goodness. I didn't, I even wrote it right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my bad. Razia Kassam, who I met online through a networking group for moms and kind of hit it off. Razia is in a um, fellow uh, mom is well she is a fellow mom to a mixed little girl she's a wife an interracial marriage an online influencer and just an all-around sweet stylish and fun woman ladies you have to check out her instagram reels on her different outfits and tips on how you can create different looks with like one main piece which i love and razia also shares awesome easy recipes and home workouts and for those of you of you who know me uh, know that that speaks to me because I am no cook. <laughs> Anything that's easy is game on for me. So welcome, Razia, and I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time. So yeah, welcome. Thank you. Start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your mixed race family. Sure. So first of all, my name is most people just say Raz. No one ever really calls me Razia ever. Okay. Um, oh, good. You can also find oh me on Lonely Shoes. That is not my dog. That's Lynn's dog. I don't own a dog. I have a fish tank. That makes you're, no noise. You're either going to hear a dog or a baby crying. So my apologies. <laughs> um, but I have a little one. She is almost four. So she's three and a half. She is half West Indian, half East Indian. But she's also Canadian because she was born in she's born in Canada. So she's also Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was born in Guyana. He was there until about, I think, five or six years old-ish. Uh, technically, in my opinion, he's friggin' Canadian because he doesn't remember that life. So he's yeah. Canadian. Uh, I was born and raised in Toronto. Um, born, I was born at East York General Hospital. I have a twin sister oh. um, and two other older sisters. And there are four grandchildren and one on the way. And out of those four, three of them are girls. So my parents have us all over again. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. All girls. And the girls were born all in the same year within four months of each other. So they're only four months apart. Um, Yeah, that's a little bit crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, We get together. um, But seeing my twin sister's daughter and my daughter interact it's actually quite interesting to watch them because we're both twins and we both gave birth to daughters um and seeing their bond right off the bat was kind of cool um but yeah that's us in a nutshell so our little one i don't know if she really knows much about her west indian side she knows a lot about her east indian side because she comes a lot and i cook a lot of east indian i also cook west indian but my husband is not in tuned with his culture. 
Mm. um, or in his religion. So she gets kind of thrown more into mine um, because A, I go to mosque. So I am a smiley. My parents were born in East Africa and Tanzania. Uh, They had four of us. We were all born here. So we're not East as much as I want to say I'm East African, I'm not. I'm Canadian. Well, you are. You are. Well, kind of. Your sort cultures of, are. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. But I'm, I'm fully Canadian. I'm so, <laughs> so Canadian. Um, but yeah, my parents were born in East Africa, and they came here. Um, my daughter is thrown into the Smiley world, which is a sector of being of a Muslim sector, kind of. Okay. Um, I guess you can say. Um, because if she wasn't a smiley, she wouldn't have gone, been able to go to mosque or anything with my parents. And she's at my parents, so she needs to be able to go do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband doesn't practice going to church or anything like that. So if in the 16 years we've been together, I think I can count on one hand how many times we've been to church for a non-funeral and a non-church, a non-wedding. Mm. I can count on one hand. So wow, yeah, she's a smiley. <laughs> But I mean, I, I'm sure like it means a lot to you and your family that, you know, you can pass those things down, right? Absolutely. Like now she can actually, so she's now learning our prayers a little bit mm. here and there. She says prayers better than I can say my prayers, which is quite <laughs> sad. My parents are like, yeah, you need to teach her. So we have this prayer that we say every day called Dua. Okay. And my dad's like, yeah, you should teach her that now. And I'm like, I kind of need to learn it myself first again to be able to <laughs> learn it to teach her. Uh, more like she'll be teaching me again. Um, but it's really cool to watch her. I also like kept a childhood outfit from when I was a kid that I wore mm. to mosque. Um, I begged my mother to keep it. So pulling that out and being able to like put her in it, um, not knowing if I would have ever had her to begin with. Mm. Um, but apparently I knew all the way back then I was going to have a girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she tried on the outfit recently and it's still too big for her because she's rinky dinky. She's a skinny mini like her mother. Um, so it probably should fit her, but it doesn't because she still wears PT and she's almost four years old. So, oh, wow. What can we do? Oh, what a cutie. Oh, that's awesome. No, I love it. And it's all about like, even though you're in a mixed family, it is about passing down traditions, whether, you know, one side or the other or both. So I think that's awesome. Um, Has there been any adjustments made because of the mixed cultures, like in your relationship? So whether within the relationship or with your daughter? Um, No adjustments per se. Again, my husband doesn't really practice much. So there's not much adjust. It's just what I go yeah. Does he, does he follow along? Like, does he go or no? So he doesn't go to, he's not allowed in mosque because oh, okay. he's not a smiley. So if you're not a smiley, you can't come into the prayer. So he can come into mosque, but he's not allowed in the prayer room. Okay. Um, so he has to be in another room when the prayers are going on. Um, not to say that we didn't get married at mosque. We did. We fully had in a smiley wedding and we did all the brown traditions, did the henna party. He got trotted to shit. It was hilarious <laughs> um, because all, we're all girls. So we don't get to do that henna party to trash the men um, mm-hmm. because we're all freaking girls and none of us. I'm like, don't touch me with that shit. That's what happened. <laughs> um, so those like we also pass along those traditions to him and he participates in those, which is really nice. Cool. Um, and it's it's nice that he actually was willing to do it because if you saw what he looked like. So, t- after, so explain after. what that tradition is for listeners. So when we got married, there's a henna party. It's called a PT. Um, and then they put this yellow turmeric stuff on, 
on you and it would make you technically glow. Okay. Um, I don't like it. Don't, I, I literally told him to put baby lotion on me. Don't put that shit on me. Don't dirty my clothes. I don't, <laughs> don't put it on my, don't put it on my face. I, there was rules for me, for him. That went all out the window. He got egg, he got mustard, he got ketchup. He got, oh. my mom made some sort of concoction in the kitchen for him. Um, and then to rinse him, him and his son down, cause his son was his best man. Um, to rinse them down, my dad collects rainwater because they had a huge garden and this was at their <laughs> old house. So you know what they had to rinse them down with? They had a bucket of rain, like buckets of rainwater and the rainwater was gross, full of fl- bugs, ew. <laughs> and it was cold. It was nasty. I felt so bad for him. Oh um, but I couldn't stop laughing. I think that was like the best memory of our wedding was that he got trashed to shit and he stunk. Um, but it was hilarious. I think our family had the most fun at that, at that, for that part, because we don't, we don't get to experience the guy side because we're all girls. Yeah. Well, good for him for being a good sport about it. I don't think he had much of a choice. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, yeah, he doesn't really have much choices. Sometimes it just, whatever happens, whatever he doesn't get choices. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Do you have any tips for fellow parents of mixed kids uh, on raising their children or a child with different cultures or languages or even preparing if someone's listening that's pregnant? Do what's best for you. My mom's, my mom has always said, everybody will give you advice. Everybody will give you their opinion. You take it, you listen to it. If you don't want it, throw it out the window Mm. Um, or listen through it one year and take it out the other. You do what's best for you. Um, for us, it was her being a smiley because that was important for us because I, I go to mosque. I practice my religion, not very much, but I go when I have to go and I go when my mother tells me to go. Um, I go on days when she doesn't tell me to go, but now it's COVID. So we have to like register and sign up and all this stuff. Um, so when she registers us, we go, um, but we go like, she's, she's gone when she was a little baby when she was six months old for things. So we go, um, but do what's best for yourself. And if, if you, you or your husband are both practicing, then teach them both. If your husband like us doesn't practice, then kind of got a leg up because I practice. He doesn't, I got a leg up. I got a leg up on that battle. Um, but do what's best for yourself. I think it's so important to pass along these traditions and these things to our children our parents taught us that I'm learning how to cook my mom's recipes because one day she won't be here I can't go there'll be one day and god forbid whenever that day comes I hope it doesn't come anytime soon Mm -hmm. but one day that will happen just like for my my grandma she's now gone but that was my mom's mom and she Mm -hmm. learned so much from her Um, out of the four daughters my mom has I am the one of the only ones that cooks um, and I cook like my mom. Um, nice. I learn like my mom. I cook like my mom. I'm very much like my mom. Um, very much. We have the same habits. Um, and I think it's important to pass along those traditions to your kids. Um, because if we don't, then it just dies. And that's not, that's not fair. And I don't, I don't yeah. think it's fair on them um, because we're selfish and we don't want to learn it um, because of this day and age and it's uncool or yeah. whatever it may be. At the end of the day, whoever you believe in, whether it's God, whether it's Allah, whatever you believe in, there's something there and we should pass that along for our children to, to learn 
and to appreciate as well because there are tough times and you always go back to that yeah spiritual person at the end of the day to help you along those tough times i know i have countless amount of times um and i know she will too yeah and i think that's a good point whether it is religion or cooking or you know how to do something that might be just traditional you know with your culture uh whether that's a celebration whether that's holidays or or a ritual at the celebrations like trashing <laughs> um whatever it is i think it's important and i think it is our jobs as parents to make sure that our kids are not only that they, you know, these things are passed down, but that they're exposed to different things. Right. So, yeah, I think that's important. And I love that you, you know, are making sure that you're, you're learning your mom's recipes. That's one thing. Yeah. I'm not a good cook. And my mom has a couple of like, like go-to recipes, but really it was her older sister that was like the cook and the baker of the family. And like, she's passed away. So I have some of her recipes, but yeah, I have fond memories of like baking pies and stuff with her, but I wish yeah, I've done more. Same, we have that same thing. Like every Thanksgiving, we all get together mm-hmm. and make apple pie. We will all peel the apples. Oh, I love we it. We will all make the dough. Well, my dad or my mom makes the dough usually ahead of time. <laughs> we always come late or something. Who knows what happens with us? Um, yeah. But we've done it for so many years. It's like our tradition. We have to do it every single Thanksgiving. And it's, it's not Thanksgiving without it. Like yeah. if my sister doesn't do her tree decorating in November, it's not, it's not Christmas without it. And yes, we don't celebrate Christmas because we're smiling, but yes, we do have trees in our house and we all celebrate Christmas, whether we are Christian or not, mm-hmm. we do it. Um, but it's not, there's the feel is just not there without it. Right. Um, and I, I love my mom's cooking. I love, I don't, I don't know if I love to cook, but I cook because I'm too cheap to go buy food. Um, (laughs) more majority of the reason is because I'm too cheap to go buy food because I would rather just make it and it's cheaper. Um, But my, my daughter loves my mom's food. So if I don't learn it and I can't bribe her to eat 90s food, then then I'm yeah. screwed sometimes because it's really sometimes, oh, it's 90s food. Yeah, it's 90s food. I'll yeah. um, <laughs> sometimes you just don't really want to have that fight. So I <laughs> rather just learn how to cook. And plus, I want to be able to teach her yeah. so that she can pass along to her children eventually yeah. one day, somewhere far, 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 yeah. far down the road. Um, <laughs> but I want her to learn. And she's in the kitchen with me. She all the time. She's baking with me. Yet we do scratch. We don't do scratch baking because we're too lazy. Um, but still just being there and doing it like that that gives you an opportunity to talk and talk about anything like even though you're teaching her cooking you know you're also talking about her day or feelings or what's going on and yeah so I think that's I think that's awesome yeah and she learns and it's it's nice for her to learn and like the amount of time like she can drive me crazy and like our birth experience and Mm -hmm. having her and trying to have her wasn't a very fun ordeal yeah Um, so I understand you've had quite the birth story so can you tell us a bit about that so we actually had to um so my husband and I have been together for about we just actually did the math on this the other day um I think about 16 years and out of those 16 years we've been married for five so we've been together for a long time and my husband is a lot older than I am so I met him when I was like 21 22 ish He's now about 54 um, and I'm 37. 
and neither of us look our age. So thank God. Yeah. I was going to say, I wouldn't have guessed that. So, um, so yeah, we, we actually started going into the fertility process well before we got married. So it was, we got married in 2016 and we had started that process when late 2015 ish. So by the end of 20, by the end of our wedding, we kind of knew where our trying to get our ducks in a row we've been together for so long there was no oopses kind of needed to figure out what the hell is going on we're not getting any younger we're not getting we're only getting older so we need Mm -hmm. to figure it out and I want kids and you damn well know that um (laughs) we did IVF um and usually with IVF you hear all those horror stories you should start with an IUI which is kind of like turkey basting so you put the sperm in the girl we couldn't do that so that was out the window we had to go full-fledged IVF okay um and it's a very emotional process. There are hundreds and hundreds of women that don't know about this process. There are hundreds and hundreds of women that go through it and don't talk about it. Um, Maybe one day I'll talk about it on my stories. Maybe one day I'll talk about it on Instagram, but it was so far ago. I don't know if it really makes makes a sense to talk about it anymore. There's a girl that I know on Instagram that's actually storying her journey and letting everybody follow along and and I think that's amazing. I think more people need to know about it. Yeah. Um, but with us, we had about, I think, I think they had 10 eggs that they retrieved. Maybe five of them were viable. Three of them were starting to turn into embryos. One of them turned into an embryo. Wow. And that one of them is now here today. Um, wow. So there are tons of horror stories that you will hear. And ours is technically a horror story. Because who, like, I had one chance, one. Yeah, the odds of that, like, even just to have your little girl when you only have the one egg is quite amazing. And yeah. how old is she now? She's three and a half now, so. Half, wow. She's literally like her fucking mother. Like, oh my God, <laughs> disgusting. Um, but then it, it's tough because my twin sister also announced she was having a baby at the end of December of 2016. Mm-hmm. And we were at that time trying to figure out even if we could have kids. So her announcement coming and at the same time, we we're trying to figure out it, it hurts. Yeah. Um, it hurts now hearing people having seconds and thirds. It mm-hmm. hurts. Um, I don't think it'll ever not hurt kind of. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people have asked if we will have a second. No, I won't have a second. I'm not. A, IVF is too expensive to go through all over again. And I don't have any embryos to do it all over again. Wow. Um, so it is what it is kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm grateful and thankful that my rainbow baby, I guess you could say, is here. Yeah. Um, and she's with us. And she's a spitting she's mummy. cutie patootie. <laughs> her melting cutie patootie she's got some sass like mom oh my goodness oh lord sometimes we can she sometimes I literally want to just like throw her in the backyard and say just just go um but I think all parents go through that yeah she she's She's my Minnie. I yeah. I never call her by her name. Everyone thinks her name is Minnie because I always call her Minnie. Um, but she, if you see her, you'll know she's she's Minnie. She's Minnie. Oh, Mom. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And you guys have matching outfits. Like if you yeah, we, if you um, check uh, Razia's uh, Instagram account, you'll probably see pictures or stories or reels. I, <laughs> I love it when you do little reels with her and you guys have matching outfits. I think it's awesome. It's super cute. Our little bug as we would say (laughs) as we would call her um but you know what I think you need I think people now need to educate themselves on 
IVF, mm. on fertility, on speaking up for yourselves, mm. on learning everything. Like I had the thankfulness that my older sister went through it first. So she kind of mm. just passed along the information. I didn't have to do the research. Mm. Um, but I think people need to understand that it's not all pretty rainbows and sunshine trying to get pregnant. It is mm. for some people, yes. Um, but it's not for a lot and a lot of people. And I think women just don't know that. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not educated to anybody. It's not told to anybody. Yeah. You don't, you don't learn it anywhere. Nobody teaches you. I know. And I think people need to talk about it more. Um, and especially I find like our, like our mother's generation, um, even though some of them had miscarriages or infertility issues, no one talked about, about it. it. And if, and if, uh, now, like I had a miscarriage and it's only after that, that people in my own family came out and said, Oh, me too. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm trying to figure this out as I go. And I didn't even know, like I had to take meds cause it was a missed miscarriage and all this stuff. And I'm li- literally learning, like, as I'm going through this trauma and then afterwards I have people out of the woodworks like, Oh yeah, I did that too. And I had to do that. And they're asking questions and I'm like, where were you? You know, exactly. It's like, where were you when I was going through this? Yeah. And when I actually needed somebody. So I want to one day maybe be there for somebody else Yeah. um, to support them because I feel feel so lonely and it's so emotional, so mentally draining, so emotionally draining it, it takes the life out of you. And like, who wants to do needles and blood tests and vaginal ultrasounds like every single day for like two or three weeks, every yeah. single day. And the day. waiting, right? The waiting game, like you're going through all these things. Plus then it's just, there's nothing it, you can do. You just wait. Yeah. And like, yeah. and sometimes like for, for me, we were doing our egg retrieval when my twin sister was getting married. So my twin sister announced in 2016, she was having a baby. 2017 in February, she decided to get married. Um, and I was in the middle of my IVF process. Lovely. Yeah. So I had to, like, literally my egg retrieval was a day after her wedding. I had to do like a time shot at her reception. Like, I'm like, I got to go for a second. I need to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I need to take a shot in my ass. Uh, But if I don't, it's not going to work. So, you know, there's a whole problem. Yeah. Like her bridal shower, I was going upstairs to her condo to take shots because I had time shots to take. Um, but you know what? I think if more people talk about it, I think it'll be a kind of a normal conversation for everybody and you'll have people with you. And just options too, right? Cause some people don't realize what the options are and what it is to go through IVF or if it's for them or not. So like you said, like a lot of research needs to be done, but if people talk about it, then they, they might not need to do research. They can reach out. They can, they, they just might know, you know, through talking that that's not for them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's the most important. I think with this whole platform that everybody has of being an influencer and talking, mm-hmm. it's there to teach other people your stories and maybe help somebody else in their own journey on how to get there. Um, I'm not perfect in any way, means or form. I have a disaster of a house. I my house is not clean. Like it may you seem and me both. like um my there's stuff all over the place. We are so disorganized sometimes, but at the end of the day, we're still family and we're still human. We still get through it. We're all like everybody else in the world. You know, yeah. we may showcase these beautiful squares and these beautiful images and these beautiful stories, but I think that's the highlight reel though. Exactly. (laughs) We need to remember that's just the highlight. You don't see me yelling and screaming at my kid because that is not that that's not me, but there are times that it happens and we're human and we're mothers. Um, 
and it's a lot for us to do. Like imagine working full time, content creating, being a mom, a wife and everything else in between. It's yeah, that's it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, like, I know. They didn't, they didn't expect that before, right? It was you stay at home and you just take care of the kids. And now it's like, now you have a career and you have all these other things on top. And yeah, it's a lot. So for everyone to keep a, a clean home and to, to be themselves all kept up and in style. And it's like, oh my God, after COVID, I have no idea what style is. Thank goodness <laughs> I have you with your reels because I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what to buy anymore. <laughs> all of my clothes. You know how many people have asked me, like, where do you like find yeah. like, all of my clothes are old. That's fine. There Mine are too. Nothing. And don't fit right now. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with wearing things that are like five years old, which is probably yeah. the shirt is five years old. Um, I don't, I, I think buying clothes and style, it's your own thing, but it's also, I'm also 37. I can't wear body rider shorts and yeah the shortest things anymore. I need to look somewhat my age. I don't really look my age, so it doesn't make a difference. Um, but you look good, girl. You work out <laughs> in the shows. You look good. You wear those Thank short you. shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like style, it just needs to be something that you can create over time pieces that you mm -hmm. create, create with over time that are capsule pieces that you can use over and over again. Okay. I can go to my closet and pull out shit that I, I can wear over and over again, every single season for five years. And still in season and it still and for, looks like a new outfit just because you added whatever to it yeah that's what I love about your reels like you have yeah, a couple like, key I, things and then you switch it up and it it looks so and I good. think and in this and this summer I started doing that more taking one piece and styling it differently and yeah. the first few pieces were stuff that's old um but last week my little romper that was new and that was oh, nice. there you go. um so it was, it was like oh look you could actually go buy this in a store yeah. um because this is I actually bought it in a store recently um, but everything else I used to style it was old so sorry oh, guys it's all good <laughs> um, um so I'm gonna finish up like the because we were talking about families and stuff I'll finish that up um so is there something you wish you would have known before having a child all the work no I don't know there's a lot that I would have liked to know yeah a lot a lot yeah I would have liked to know more breastfeeding oh. I didn't breastfeed because my kid didn't want to take she didn't like me so I was like okay well you, know, <laughs> you want to latch on me then fine don't latch on me I also didn't really try very hard either I will say that but um, it is hard it is but I also had a c-section so my body wasn't mm -hmm. ready to produce milk so what was I gonna do starve my kids for seven days before my milk came in like yeah huh I didn't understand that concept um so yeah. my kid had bought a formula fed and listen if I was formula fed I I think I'm okay so yeah same I was okay. formula fed too and I was so gung-ho on breastfeeding and I mean that's a whole other episode but yeah same after three and a half weeks I was forced to stop which it is what it is it's heartbreaking but you know what the whole time she was taking both she was like because I had to top up because I didn't have enough milk anyways and um so she was great thank goodness but yeah whatever way they're fed they're fed yeah and if you are um formula feeding you need to get the baby Breza machine oh yeah 
you need to get the baby buzzer machine. It's yeah. literally a Keurig machine for babies. I looked into it. Yeah. And you know what? So far, like cause with COVID, it's been pretty easy because we don't really go anywhere. So it's been really, it's been really easy. But yeah, I have looked into that for sure. And yeah, I actually yeah. recommended it to friends. So here I am now. I don't even have one, which I think is funny. Yeah, no. Get the baby buzzer machine. You will be thankful for it at two o'clock in the morning when you yeah. have to make the bottle and all you have to do is press a button instead of testing the, water and measuring and all this nonsense. yeah so the good thing though is that she drinks room temperature and like she yeah so I just mix like the powder in just before she feeds and the water is already like room temperature so that's kind of a lifesaver right now um, but if ever I had to do bottles ahead of time or something then I'm, I'd be screwed because I have no bottle warmer I've none of that don't get so, a bottle warmer you yeah. don't need a bottle warmer just okay. <laughs> you don't need a bottle. and you don't need a wipe warmer because that's just nonsense too like just... no I don't have that yeah I don't that's have that either poor girl she gets the cold wipe but that's all right it wakes her up <laughs> exactly and uh there's no princess nonsense here no thanks yeah if you start that you're gonna have to continue and they'll be like I want a warm one I'm like no <laughs> no so Razia, where can we follow you? Um, I guess on, on Instagram, if you want to want to tell us about a little bit of your Instagram account and what it's all about and how we can follow you and get, get a hold of you. So I am on Instagram and only, well, on Facebook too, but not very much on Facebook, but I'm on Instagram. You can find me at Lonely Shoes with a Z at the end, not an S. Um, <laughs> we're special that way. Um, but my page is life. Um, workouts, food recipes, I started sharing food recipes recently, more recently. Um, my mini is all over it. Um, <laughs> and me, I'm just chatting about my journey and what happens every day. Uh, I never used to chat on my stories. So now I'm all over my stories, which is really weird. I never listen to myself again because I think it's weird. Um, <laughs> and then when my husband does it, I think, turn off the freaking volume. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Lonely Shoes. I love, it's my outlet, literally my outlet. Mm. It's way my place. I can be creative. I don't work in a creative industry. I work in property management. I'm in the commercial side, so it's not. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah, it's like compl- literally the opposite out realms of the world. So my social media is my outlet that I can style and hopefully one day I don't know motivate others to do things and exercise and move and just yeah. be active. Um, I, I'm gung-ho on being active I'm 37 I need to be able to run after my four-year-old and that is why I move I also move because my apple watch tells me I need to move so that's another thing yeah tells me you need to move you were more active yesterday or you need to stand I'm like sometimes I just want to tell them to shut up yeah (laughs) it it makes me like I'm addicted to closing these stupid rings every day that's Um, funny but that's all right hey whatever gets you motivated right so yeah Go ahead. And I run for no reason because I run through the entire season outside for no reason. Yeah, I don't know why, how you do the winters. Although the winters are, are a lot better here and I might be able to do it because I'm so used to the winters up north where like you get five feet of snow. Like there's there's no running. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, here's actually not too bad. So you might be, you might. Yeah. I never, I don't know. I think it's now second nature. I don't, I don't know. People ask, how do you do it? I'm, I don't know. I You're just a do. trooper. I love it. No, I love it. I used to get up. 
at like 4:40 every morning to go to the gym and stuff so that hopefully is I can get back into it and I know I see your stories when I wake up with the little one you know for a feed and totally <laughs> intending on going back to bed and I see that you've just gone for your run and I'm like oh my god here I am like full of milk and I got this kid beside me and the last thing on my mind is to work out but yeah I do want to get back to it so you're my you motivation once you get into a routine with her you will because yeah. I used to do it with the little one once you get into routine, you're good. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I will make sure that in the description, we have your Instagram account um, tag there so they can follow you. So my last question that I ask everyone is what does mixed identity mean to you? Embracing both sides of your identity. Um, so embracing, yes, my little one, maybe East and West Indian, but there's complete, there's very much differences on both sides um, of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I want her to be able to embrace both sides of it, not just sticking to, oh, you're brown or you're East Indian. I want her to be able to know all of it. Yeah. Um, and even every, every other race and every other religion and every other identity out there, I want her to find her own identity. I don't want her to be categorized as your East Indian or West Indian. You are you. Mm -hmm. Nothing else but that. You are you. You are who you need to be. And that is all. Um, there's, I love that. Yeah. What more can we ask for? Right. Like, I don't think I can, I, I just want her to be the best she can be. Yeah. And to accept who she is, whatever that is. Right. And yes, if that whatever changes, that will be. Yeah. yeah. And, and whatever, if that changes throughout her like growth or like, you know, when she's growing up, if she changes her identity or feels more towards one or the other, like, that's okay. It always will be okay. Whether whatever she wants to do is whatever she can do. And I will let her reach for the moon and the stars hmm. all the time. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. That is a wrap for this week. So miigwech, merci, and thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend.